Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio. I'm Brian Hefty, live in the Morton studio. Today in the show, we're going to be talking a little about biological, or as we often refer to them, natural products. If you've got any questions about that or anything that's going on in your farm, you can certainly give us a call here, 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. You could also email us, radio uh, at agphd.com. Again, that's radio at agphd.com. Or send us a note on X, agphd Media, or Brian Hefty. All right, so at this time of year, my brother Darren and I kind of rotate being in and out of the office a little bit because... For example, today I'm in and he is out on the road just talking to farmers and doing a bunch of meetings with farmers out in the country. It's really important getting ready for 2024 that we learn as much as we can from you and from farmers all across the country. And then also we're out just trying to share some of the new things that are happening as we head into 2024. Lots of changes, of course. Commodity prices are down, but also input costs are down too. And then you look at the other side of things. All right, how are we doing yield-wise? What else could we do for yield? So it's it's exciting, farming is, but it also can be a little bit nerve-wracking because chances are you on your farm, just like us on our farm, we have a lot of dollars at stake. We invest a lot of dollars. We're certainly hoping that things turn out well as we move forward. All right, so again, if you've got any questions for us, you can call us here, 844-44-AG-PHD. It's what Jim did calling from Ohio right now. Hey, Jim, how are you today? Good, as long as I stay inside. A little chilly there? Yep, yep. First chilly day we've had in a long time. Hey, I have a question about uh, can Domark and Enlist and Glyphosate be mixed together for white mold? Yes. Yep, they certainly can. So when you are spraying those, though, I I guess I just always have to remind people, we got to look at what the label says. And with glyphosate, it can be sprayed up to R2, that's full flower and soybeans. With Enlist, that can only be sprayed technically up to R1, that's first flower. So you don't hit full flower a lot of times until you get into July. But I just, that's all I'm getting at here is just to stay legal, you're going to have to do this relatively early, fairly soon after those soybeans start to flower. But yeah, there's no problem mixing Domark, Enlist, and just about any form of glyphosate you want with that. Okay, I was going to try and help the white mold problem out here. Yep, I'm with you. We have to spray uh, some. Rate? Oh, go ahead. Rate? Would you? What kind of rate would you use for Domark? Okay, so typically what we're running with Domark is five ounces, and I'll just ounces, yep, okay. and I'll just say this: when we talk about sclerotinia white mold, we have to spray for that every year on our farm, at least on some acres, not all of it, but some. So what we like to do is we go out and we spray Cobra right before the beans start to flower because that only costs like $4 an acre. That will be better than Domark and it will cost less. But you got to spray that before the beans start to flower or right as they start to flower. Then if you want to come back a couple weeks later, week and a half, whatever, and then you spray your Domark and Lisk glyphosate thing, I'm perfectly fine with that, no problem. Domark is okay on white mold. Endura is better, but Endura also costs more than double the money. 
well, actually more than that even. So Endura is close to 40 bucks an acre. So that's why a lot of people like Domark. But yeah, I mean, Domark is fine. It's just if you've got a lot of problem with white mold, don't be thinking that this one shot of fungicide is going to solve all your problems or anything. There are several things we would probably encourage you to do, including spraying that Cobra maybe uh, just right before flowering. That will absolutely help you. Would that be a full rate of Cobra or a half no, rate? No, you only need six ounces. Six ounces. Yep, and that's why I say it only costs somewhere around four bucks. Okay, I have another quick question. <laughs> you I'm bet. having some trouble. I'm having some trouble the last couple of years of mold on the end of the ear. The ears don't want to drop down, and they're pinched tight. Is that the weather or the hybrid? It's more the hybrid, but partially the weather. So, I mean, as far as every hybrid out there, it can look a little bit different depending on the weather. But, yeah, it's most likely more the hybrid than it is the weather. Now, when we talk about this mold that's getting on the end, I'm assuming this is because the ear is still upright and you're getting some late season rains and that's when the mold is setting in, right? Yeah, and, and it's yeah. tight. The house is yep. not opening up. Yep, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's It's not necessarily a bad thing. So, I mean, we've had it before where the, and so I'll just put it this way. We're, we're running into some issues in some places where the ear is coming way out of the husk and then that opens it up for bugs a lot more and sometimes diseases too. But yeah, I, I understand what you're saying with that tight husk. That's That's definitely more of a genetic thing than it is the weather, but weather absolutely plays a role. Okay, I last couple of years I've been having little problems, and I always figure I lost a little bit of yield with the rotten kernels. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly possible. So, I mean, if that was happening to me, first thing I'm looking to do is switch away from any of those hybrids that look that way. After that, I would consider maybe going to something a little bit earlier for maturity so it finishes a little sooner, and then hopefully the ear would drop down, it would dry down, and you'd have less of that issue. So those would probably be the two things that I would think about right away. And of course, I'm always thinking about, well, what else am I managing in my field, like drainage, fertility, spraying fungicide, all these things. Is there anything else I could change up and maybe have that plant be healthier, finish faster, things like that? But yeah, I, I'm I'm probably just switching varieties if it's me. Okay. okay. All right. Well, thanks for well, calling thanks in, Jim. For the information. You bet. Yep. Merry Christmas and a happy New Year to you. Same to all you guys then too. You bet. Thanks a lot. And a prosperous new year. <laughs> Let's hope for that, Jim. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll pray for a prosperous new year. All right. Today on the show, we're going to be talking a little about biological and natural products. Again, if you would like to call into the show at any point, our number is 844-44-AG-PHD. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com.
Improve germination in your fields with the Germinator Closing Wheel from Farm Shop MFG. Our unique spike design seals your seed within a firm vein of soil, providing maximum seed-to-soil contact and maximum germination. Order a set for your planter at farmshopmfg.com. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now... You can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Get the most from every acre on your farm by attending Ag PhD's workshops and clinics this winter. I'm Darren Hefty. Brother Brian and I are hosting several free workshops throughout January and February, including agronomy workshops in corn and soybeans, a soils clinic, and a whole day devoted to natural and biological products. We have a lot of great information and we can't wait to share it with you. Best of all, these events are free, so be sure to check them out. Register today at agphd.com. This season, get medieval on Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia fungicide from Valent USA. Here to shield your sugar beets from the treachery of Rhizoctonia, Excalia delivers excellent staying power, keeping your sugar beets from being conquered. Stay one step ahead of Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia. Ask your retailer or visit valent.com slash Excalia to learn more. Always read and follow legal instructions. Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. Brian Hefty here live in the Morton studio. Just talking biological products today. And first in the show, we've got Matthew Pye with us with FMC. Matthew, how are you today? Quite well, thank you. Excellent. All right. So with FMC, you've got a number of different biological options. Let's start with Ethos Elite. That is a new one. I'm assuming a lot of people have not yet heard about that. Talk to us a little about what is Ethos Elite. Yeah, so we're quite excited to be introducing Ethos Elite this year. It's actually a premix. So it's two biological strains uh, mixed in with bifenthrin. So the biological strains will bring you um, soil disease uh, suppression, and the the bifenthrin will help you with corn rootworms and wireworms. Okay, so talk about what diseases specifically is that? Because when you say diseases, there are a lot of them that can impact corn. Yeah, so we're looking at, uh, so this is going to help you with fusariums, uh, rhizoctonia, pythium, uh, and some phytophthora species as well. So it'll give you suppression against those and help extend the life of uh, your base seed treatment. Yeah, you bring up the seed treatment side, and with most farmers listening, they're going to go, wait a second, doesn't my seed treatment give me total control on all those diseases. So, I mean, where does this fit in exactly? Because I think a lot of farmers are going to believe that, well, the seed treatment should be enough, right? Yeah. So this is a this is an Inferro uh, product. So you can apply it on top of your seed treatment. And what a lot of people kind of overlook um, often with seed treatments is most of the, um, the synthetic AIs in those seed treatments give you about 14 days of protection against diseases. Uh, and with people moving earlier and earlier and they're planting, um, that's not going to get you through a uh, cool, wet spring. So a biological will come on um, and begin colonizing those roots and kind of extend that protection, that period of protection that you get in the spring to carry you through. So 
as far as the the mix that you've got there, I guess that's one of the big things that a lot of people worry about in terms of, hey, is it going to work well when I am planting early in cold weather conditions? It, the, that formulation, I guess, is what I'm asking. Any any problems, yeah. any concerns there, or is this going to mix basically just exactly the same as Capture has over the years? Yeah, so this is based on the same liquid fertilizer or LFR formulation um, technology that we used in Capture. So this is going to be compatible with your starter fertilizers uh, and other uh, microelements you may be mixing in the tank. Uh, the biological is going to be uh, pretty safe in there as well. It's uh, spore-based, um, but you'll get that great um, mixing compatibility with your starters that you've uh, come to expect from our, our Capture product. We have a Thrive 3D system on our planter. There isn't a formulation of Ethos Elite yet that can run through that, is there? There is not. However, we do have a uh, Ethos X or Ethos uh, 3D formulation, which is a, a different biological combination with Pythenthrin that is formulated uh, for Thrive. Yeah, and that's the reason why I'm asking here is there there's a distinction whether it's Zyway, capture ethos you got to make sure that you talk to your retailer and tell them hey i have a thrive 3d system or i just want to mix this with liquid fertilizer or just run it straight through my liquid fertilizer application system so uh matthew before we let you go anything else that you wanted to bring up with ethos elite or any other fmc biologicals that you're talking to farmers about today um, so Ethos Elite, I mean, it is, it is um, a lot of people will put it through for corn. It's labeled on a number of different crops. Uh, so soybeans also for anyone equipped for inferro on soybeans. Um, you know, we're really excited about this product. The formulation handles really nicely, the, the LFR formulation. Uh, we're seeing great things out of the two biologicals um, over just straight by Fenthrin itself. Uh, so we're, we're really excited about bringing this product to the grower. So... Are you seeing more of an advantage when planting earlier, planting later, colder soils, wetter soils? I mean, is there a place where this could potentially pay off better than anywhere else? Yeah, I think you want to, you want to if you're planting early, um, into, um, especially pushing the envelope of early planting, uh, this will be a, a, great, um, a great tool to use uh, in that situation. Uh, we also see the biologicals working pretty well in, in marginal ground. So if you've got a, a part of your farm that's that's a little bit more marginal uh, in terms of soil quality, uh, this could be a good fit for it. Um, or if you suspect that you have uh, higher than normal disease pressure, this can give you a little bit of extra peace of mind uh, on top of that base seed treatment. So basically it sounds like unless your ground is perfect, <laughs> there's probably a chance that this, is, this could pay for you correct. pretty well. Okay. <laughs> All right. We've been talking with Matthew Bai. He's with FMC. Thanks a lot, Matthew, for the time. Appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. All right. Next on, we've got Shauna Hubbard with Corteva. Shauna, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks. Uh, Good to be with you this afternoon. All right. So with Corteva, we've been talking about a lot of the nitrogen type products in the past. Um, what now are you, let's say, maybe spending the most time visiting with growers and with agronomists about out in the countryside? The Utricia N product is our supplemental nitrogen product. And uh, we've talked a lot about it in the corn markets, but uh, over the winter meetings here, I think we'll be discussing Utricia N use on the soybean crop uh, a lot as we go forward in our 
research and our, our farmer plots this year in 2023, saw some really good results for return on investment on that high-yield soybean acre when we do add nutrition in into the mix uh, from a nitrogen perspective and also uh, from an overall plant health approach on that high-yield acre. Yeah, we've, in our research, seen some pretty decent data on soybeans too, but you bring up high-yield And I agree, soybeans can produce their own nitrogen, but when you start getting into those higher yield environments or lower organic matter environments, that's where we're seeing this pay the best. How about your your new phosphorus product you're talking about? Yes, it's in the same family. It's called Utricia P. And that product goes uh, in furrow, and it has a a great aspect to it of unlocking more of the soil-bound phosphorus and really seeing some nice results with early season plant health, uh, larger stem diameters, better root growth early, um, and again, accessing that pea in the soil uh, to help get a better ROI for farmers there as well. How about when the soil's really cold? That's one area where a lot of farmers in the past have said, ooh, I'm, I'm seeing purple corn, phosphorus isn't as available, I know, when it's cold, so a lot of people are going to starter fertilizers and things like that. Is this where it fits even better? Yeah, the Utricia P, it is a rhizobacteria. It's formulated as, as spores, so it is a, a bit more of a hardy biological, uh, but that Utricia P is dormant until soil temps reach mid-50s uh, degrees, so want to be careful to use it in the right window there. Yeah, and that's the reason why I bring it up, because the more heat you have, the more activity you're going to get out of just about any living organism there. Well, anyway, I I, I guess where I'm going with this is with soybeans, they need a tremendous amount of phosphorus later on in the year. So is that where you're seeing more of the push? I mean, do you look at what what phosphorus ends up in the plant. I mean, we do a lot of tissue analysis with a lot of the biologicals that we work with. And sometimes even with your products, we're doing some of these tissue analysis things. Is there a certain time of year where you say, oh, wow, okay, here in this area, in this zone, in this window is when we're seeing more phosphorus in the plant because we used Utricia P? Yeah, great observation. We saw this summer too, there was a lot of visible uh, effects during the summer, and we're waiting to get some tissue sampling test results combined uh, back from the 2023 season. Um, but I'd say uh, we, we're really seeing effects throughout the year, both that early season plant health uh, and then midway uh, through the summer as well. As we look, we can see it visually on the crop, um, and then we've gotten some great results in areas where it was used and you you see it in the ears as well. Yeah, when you talk about unlocking soil-bound phosphorus, that's a big thing. A lot of people are looking to the answer or looking for an answer to that. So again, Utricia P is something that uh, that we're certainly interested in looking at a lot more as we go down the road. And we've been studying Utricia N and had some pretty decent results here the last few years. Again, we've been speaking with Shauna Hubbard with Corteva. Shauna, thanks for the time today. Appreciate it. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Morton Buildings has served the American farmer for more than 120 years. 
From manufacturing our own building components to constructing your building, Morton takes pride in being the industry leader in post-frame construction by providing a quality building and exceptional customer service. A Morton is built to last for generations. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. Precision crop nutrition pays. And AgroLiquid has precisely what it takes to help you succeed. The right products plus the right expertise to give you guidance based on your soils, your fields, and your goals. While our clean, seed-safe formulations and lower application rates make planter fertilizer easier than ever. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Insects have reigned since the dawn of time. Adapted to their surroundings. Experience the harshest climates and toughest challenges until now. With two modes of action, Ridgeback Insecticide delivers one devastating outcome for soybean aphids. Extinction from your fields. They may have lived through it all, but they won't survive this. End soybean aphids reign at ridgeback.corteva.us. Effortlessly manage your farm fertility with Verify. Verify takes yield data directly from your combine and instantly generates variable rate fertility maps based on your nutritional goals. Whether it's building soil, balancing nutrition, or maintaining fertility. And with full integration with John Deere Operations Center, Verify can send recommendations directly to application equipment, no matter the color. Join Verify today at Verify.com and keep your farm moving. My mom's got a new case IH tractor and it can do it all. Bale hay all day. Stay in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out caseih.com. The greatest herbicide of all time earned its title by defending your soybean fields. Authority Supreme Herbicide's low-use rate formula delivers longer-lasting control of broadleaf weeds and grasses, providing you with the best-in-class combination of Group 14 PPO herbicide sulfentrazone and Class 15 molecule pyroxysulfone that outlasts the competition. We're Authority Supreme Herbicide from FMC, and we play to win. Learn more at authoritysupreme.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. Thanks for listening today to Ag PhD Radio. I'm Brian Hefty, live in the Morton studio. We've been talking about biologicals throughout the show today. We're going to go right back to the phone lines now, and uh, I'm, I'm probably going to butcher this name, but uh, Tom Trigano uh, with Invita. You nailed it. That's perfect. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, a, right. uh, that's a miracle. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. All right, so I want to talk about your product, Invita. What is sure. different with that than some of the other biological products that's out on the, that are out in the marketplace today? Yeah, no, no, great question. I mean, obviously, there is a ton of biologicals out there now, and lots of questions, lots of excitement. I mean, what's unique about Invita? Really, 
you know, what it is, it's a, it's a bacteria that provides systemic nitrogen fixation for a broad range of crops. Um, it's pretty easy to use, either a foliar or an in-furrow application. You can tank mix it with, with your fertilizer, your tank mix uh, post-emergent herbicide. It fixes nitrogen directly in the plant cell. So that's kind of unique, uh, certainly very different about Invita. So that's where the nitrogen fixation takes place. So it's not really dependent on what happens in that soil. So you're, you're providing that crop with an alternative source of nitrogen that's uh, available throughout that growing season. Okay, you mentioned foliar or in furrow. What do you prefer? Correct. Yeah, you know, quite frankly, most growers are switching to foliar. Uh, it just seems to be an easier way to apply it. Um, you know, a lot more opportunities to get on the field. Not everyone has the kit for an in-furrow. And when we say in-furrow, we mean a true in-furrow, not in a two-by-two. Two. Yeah. Uh, you know, this bacteria needs to get right on top of that seed as that seed's germinating. Um, so you get the benefit of being in that crop the entire, you know, earlier. But, um, you know, I think you got a better chance of colonization with a, with a foliar. But, you know, some guys have figured out how to use in-furrow quite well. They like it. It's working for them. So they still have that option if they want to. One of the big things in our research that we've kind of found is if nitrogen is not a yield limiting factor, we haven't been gaining yield with nitrogen enhancing products like in, like you're talking about here with Invita. So what how how do you advise a farmer to figure out how much nitrogen they need? Do you just say across the board, "Hey, cut where you're going to yeah. apply Invita"? Well, I mean, how do you handle that? It's complicated. It's a it's a it's a really tough question. It's it literally the multi-million dollar question there yep. obviously. Yep. Uh but you know, you know the approach we've taken. I mean, obviously every field is different. You, know, you go across the country, you're not, you know, one area isn't going to be the same as the next. We haven't stated a, you know, x pounds per acre. We've taken more of an approach on look, you know, this is our data. We've seen we tested it through a broad range of regions. Generally, we're looking at about a you know 15% reduction in fertility to maintain your yield. Now, Invita can provide a benefit uh, under full fertility, but typically that's when you know you've had some you've had some nitrogen loss throughout that season. You know, um, it really depends on the year you're going to have, which no one can predict, um, and, and what you know what is going to be the best ROI for the grower. Um, the vast majority of the growers that use Invita are using it on top of their fertility and using it as a bit of a, a, a yield advance, you know, advancement. So you're, you know, it's, it's about getting that nitrogen to that crop later in the season, season where a lot of your applied nitrogen may be lost. Um, but some folks are looking at it as a way of, you know, perhaps lowering their fertility a little bit. Um, it really depends, you know, the growers in charge of how they want to, how to use these products and what works best for their farm. Okay. Let's talk just a little bit more about foliar because it all depends on the farm, but there could be a lot of different applications, starting with early herbicide. There could be some mid-season fungicide or even late-season fungicide use. When do you suggest getting this out there? Yeah, I, you know, typically on corn, it's your post-emergent, your V2 to V6 application. Um, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't tell someone if they're going, uh, you know, pre-emerge and their post maybe is later. I mean, you could go well up into V8, um, V10 and still have good efficacy, but most of the growers are using this, you know, that kind of V4, V6 timing with their post-emergent herbicide. So it, you know, take home is it's quite flexible. Um, a few things, watch outs. I mean, you know, we, 
Uh, we like to see the temperatures, you know, obviously we don't want to see frost in the forecast. <laughs> I mean, we want that bacteria, the, the crop to be live and growing well so it can it can colonize into the crop. So as long as the temperatures are warm enough, so you're not seeing any uh, any real cold snaps coming in, um, any time in that window is fine for us. All right. Well, Tom, thanks a lot for the time today. Appreciate learning a little bit more about Invita. Yeah, I really appreciate it. You have a great day and uh, Merry Christmas. You bet. Merry Christmas. All right, let's go next to Justin Clark, who is with BASF. Hi, Justin. How are you? Hey, Brian. Doing great today. How about yourself? Excellent. All right, so we've talked a lot about corn products so far today, but I want to hit on soybeans and vault. Talk to us just a little bit about inoculant and just how a farmer can achieve good success using an inoculant product. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, when we talk about soybeans and nitrogen, I heard you, heard you talking a little bit about nitrogen earlier. Uh, when we think about soybeans, uh, soybeans generate you know, over half of their nitrogen requirement through their symbiotic relationship with rhizobia bacteria, right? And so what we've taken, taken on to do is make sure that we produce uh, the most reliable, consistent, and effective rhizobia that a grower can apply to seed or ha have it applied to their seed and then realize that increased nitrogen uh, uptake uh, and uh, yield potential at the end of the day for the grower, right? So th that's really what it's all about is harnessing this uh, symbiotic relationship uh, with this rhizobia and translating that into increased nitrogen uh, uptake for the plant, which should lead to increased yield potential at the end of the day. The two main questions I get from farmers, I'll, I'll ask both of them to you. Let's start with this one. If I'm in a corn-soybean rotation, I should still have plenty of rhizobia bacteria that are living from two years ago when I had soybeans out there. Why would I want to put an inoculant on? What do you think, Justin? Is there a chance that that could pay even if the, even if the farmer's in a corn-soybean rotation? Yeah, ab absolutely, and, and that's the question, right, that, that we... We get a lot and have gotten a lot over the years, and I'll say that, yes, you do have some background population survival out there, but one thing that we know is once a soybean root is out of that field, so uh, when corn is, is there, uh, that essentially population of rhizobia is just trying to survive. So all those generations that are graded throughout that year they're just generated for survival, and they're just trying to survive. They're not trying to be the best nitrogen fixers possible. One thing that we do with, in our production facility in St. Joseph, Missouri, uh, our cultures there, uh, we are pulling them off fresh uh, uh, nodules from a soybean, and we know that they're highly effective, and that's the reason we've selected this strain. It's highly effective. Uh, at producing nodules and also increasing yield for the grower. And that's really the one, uh, one of the most uh, positive things about Vault IP Plus, uh, our liquid uh, applied soybean inoculant, is that uh, it does have such high, a highly effective strain, uh, which is different than anything on the market. And what makes it so unique and what, what we've seen from, from our testing is, is uh, how we have a couple bushel benefit over, you know, a grower that's not using an inoculant in that short corn soybean rotation. So we've did hundreds of trials across the Midwest. 
specifically in those type of rotations, and we see just over a two bushel per acre yield advantage when you use multi P plus in those situations. So yeah, that's I'll a... say emphatically, yes, there's a there's a clear reason uh, to use it, right? And it, and it's great great insurance and in making sure that you're getting the most potential out of that crop. Right? Absolutely. All right. So real quick, we only have about 30 seconds left. Here's my other question. How far in advance can I treat my soybeans? Yeah. Hey, and that's uh, that's a good question. Uh, that comes up a lot because that pendulum has really swung in the marketplace over the years. Yep. Uh, previously, you know, and uh, we've heard from the marketplace that they want 120 days. Uh, when all, in all actuality, over the past few years, everything has been so streamlined and you're getting a lot of treatment taking place within two weeks. Uh, so we see with Fault IP Plus, we've got about a 60-day uh, window for on-seed survival. So making sure that you get your beans treated within 60 days. All right. Hey, Justin, thanks a lot for the time today. Appreciate those answers. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Because the challenges you face are getting bigger every year, BASF is committed to helping with more than boots on the ground. We're committed to boots in the mud, boots on the steps of your truck, your tractor, your combine, the linoleum tiles of your coffee shop, the concrete of your co-op, the gravel in your shed. So we can listen, learn firsthand, help right now to ensure success. BASF, helping you do the biggest job on earth. Are you ready? We got the need, the need for seed treatment. Start your engines. Ready, set, Intego. Start your season strong with Intego Sweet Soybeans, Intego Fungicide Soybeans, and Intego Sweet Cereals OF from Valent USA. Ask your Valent rep about seed treatment solutions or visit valent.com slash Intego. Always read and follow label instructions. If you understood everything on a soil test and could make your own fertility plans, do you think you could cut your farm's fertility expenses, maybe even increase your yields? Hi, I'm Darren Hefty. We want to empower you to make your own fertility decisions. That's why we're holding our Ag PhD Soils Clinic on Tuesday, January 16th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. This could be the single most important day you spend in your farming career, and it's free. So register now at agphd.com. The hard-working, independent spirit of rural America can often be isolating. It's not often discussed, but mental health issues are real. Now's the time to lead by example, talk openly, and show that a strong mind is just as important as a strong body. FMC is proud to be working toward ending the misconceptions around mental health. Through awareness, guidance, and action, together we can uproot the stigma. Take your tillage to the next level with the Insight Universal Tillage Tool from McFarland Ag. With more adjustability and flexibility, the Insight is the ultimate one-pass tillage tool. Visit McFarlandAg.com to find your closest dealer. 
At Commodity Classic, you'll connect with farmers from around the world as we explore new frontiers in agriculture. Join us in Houston February 28th through March 2nd, 2024. Houston, we have no problem. Discover more at CommodityClassic.com. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Live from the Morton studio, I'm Brian Hefty. We're talking today about biological, or as we often call them, natural products. And next on the show, we've got Doug Phelps with us. He's with SIPCAM Agro. Hey, Doug, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Brian. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. All right, so when it comes to biological products, where do you want to start? You've got a... Uh, you've been in the industry for a long time. SIPCAM has a number of different products. What's what's usually the first thing you're visiting with a farmer or agronomist about when I say, hey, just tell me about biological products. What are your thoughts? Well, I think our, our core chemistry um, from that perspective would be the humic substances, the humic fulvic acids, uh, you know, with, with uh, the products being more adoptable today, more understood, uh, and and the costs and price point coming down. Uh, there's no reason uh, why growers shouldn't be putting something you know like this with with every pass across the field, whether it be in furrow or foliar application. Our number one so concern, our, though, our number one concern, though, Doug, when you mention humix and fulvics, is there isn't like some standard in the industry where a grower can say, "Oh, well, all I have to look for is this." So, for example, if I'm going to buy glyphosate, I want to look at well, how much active ingredient is there? How do I know that for a humic or a fulvic? Yeah, and 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 I think what what growers need to do is ask the person that they're that they're working with for the data, the data that goes behind that formulation, uh, you know, at that rate, at that timing. Uh, you know, we've been working with Hefty Seed for a while here. Every year we're doing university research trials, number one, to continue to show the performance of those products year over year, but also from an internal perspective, making sure that what we're doing or what we think is the best uh, continues to be in that process. And, and one of the big things we found this year is uh, we, you know, we typically do our, our research with fungicides where we add a, a new tech CDA type product with fungicides. But in, in many instances like this year, there was no disease. There really wasn't a benefit to the fungicide as far as control and disease. But, but as far as the results go from the, from the university uh, trials of adding that fulvic with that fungicide on that acre, we had on average a six bushel increase on soybeans and 11 bushels on corn. That was across four different uh, four different universities, eight different eight different treatments. So, okay. So what's again, it? What's economical it, investment? Yeah. So what? So what's it doing exactly? You mentioned fulvic specifically there. How can how can the fulvic help that plant if, like you say, it obviously with it with no disease, it wasn't bringing the fungicide in faster to you know improve that control or anything? So why did the fulvic add yield? Well, it, you know, in regards to having no disease present or or not enough in those trial sites, there was extremely hot temperatures. There were drought conditions that, that uh, may have occurred throughout the growing season. And what the fulvic and these biosimilars are doing is down-regulating these stress genes within the plant as a coping mechanism to help them get through those physiological stages. 
so that as a poor as opposed to aborting crop because the plant thinks it's dying it's it's more of a uh you know get we'll get through keep doing what we're doing and continue to add grain and fill those pods throughout those stressful events okay so stress reduction then tell us what's the difference between a humic and a fulvic so a humic is a long chain molecule which would be seven thousand daltons or greater and a dalton is the weight of a hydrogen atom so if you were to look at all of the 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 complexing sites on a humic those would add up to seven thousand or more they can be upwards of seven hundred thousand daltons in size so very long molecules very good at physically modifying the soil structure improving water holding capacity and and acting as the organic glue for soil structure the fulvic acid is is designated as 7000 daltons or smaller very small able to get into plant cells uh, helping it to control the stomata so that when respiration during hot periods it re- it respires less has better internal cooling and all the other benefits that come from that small transporter molecule that can then that can move within the plant. So humix you'd like to see on or in the soil. Where does it work best? Where does a humic work best? I mean, is this something? So in a lot of our trials, we've seen, hey, in tougher ground, it seems to give us a little better performance. But what do you think? What type of soil would I expect the most response out of a humic? Low organic matter, and I'll say less than 2% organic matter, can definitely benefit from a humic acid application and, and targeting that humic in furrow two by two within the root zone of the plant so that it can get the, the most benefit from that application. And fulvic, I, I know we've talked just a little bit about foliar, but how about using that in furrow also? Where do you see a fulvic fitting for an in furrow application? So the fulvic, what we see is 2% organic matter or higher. There's enough humic component in that soil to, to, to do the job. So in that scenario, we're adding the fulvic. And the other benefits you're getting by using a fulvic in those situations is excellent compatibility. You're getting, uh, you know, if you're using red balls, you're not discoloring the fertilizer. So you can, you know, utilize those, that red ball technology. And, um, you know, just I would say for the most part, it's that, it's that compatibility, not having the humic precipitate or plug or sludge or kind of gum things up that uh, is, is, the, is one of the main benefits for using fulvic in furrow. Okay, you just talked about having mixing issues. From everything you just described there, you're much more concerned about a humic having mixing problems than a fulvic. Is that what I'm gathering? Yes. So humic acids, the humic acid molecule is only soluble in an alkali condition. So when you're mixing humic acid with uh, polyammonium phosphate with a pH of, say, 5.5, any of the humic that is in solution that is not soluble at that 5.5 pH range ends up precipitating, causing sludge, and that's where a lot of the compatibility issues come from. Fulvic is soluble at all pH ranges, and that's what makes it much easier and, and, and more forgiving. 
So when a farmer hears that, I'm going to guess they get scared about buying Humix because they don't want to have any problems. So what's your advice so they don't run into any problems? Jar test. You know, there are so many different things going in at planting these days, and, and everybody that's selling you something will tell you, hey, it's good, it'll work. Jar test. If you want to avoid plug filters, do its jar test at the ratios that you're looking at. If there is a problem, remove one of the components, you know, to, to see if it works, and if so, then go have that conversation with the manufacturer about the incompatibility and and that uh, it's not what they said it was. Yeah, it's funny. I remember a couple years ago we were talking about jar tests either on radio or TV. I don't, I don't remember which it was, but we had someone email us and say, well, nobody jar tests, so how else are you going to figure this out? There's got to be some way. <laughs> I'm like, no, yeah. literally, yeah. it's trial and error. You have to jar test. Yeah. We jar test stuff all the time on our own farm. If you don't, I mean, we've had stuff end up as sludge in a tank. That's no fun cleaning it out. Yep. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's always be better to be safe than sorry. So, um, yep. you know, get a, get a couple mason jars. You can get them at any of the grocery stores. They've got white, you know, white mouth lid, and, and keep that in your truck if you want to be safe. All right, we've been talking with Doug Phelps with Sipcam Agro. Doug, thanks a lot for the time today. Right. Uh, always appreciate thanks, it. You bet. All right, we've been talking about biological and natural products on the show today. If you've got any questions about those, you can certainly give us a call here, 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. You can also email us, radio at agphd.com. Right after this break, we're going to get into a number of different questions we've got coming up, everything from herbicide to fertility and a bunch more. So stay tuned for that. This is Ag PhD Radio. We'll be right back. Control the toughest weeds with overlapping residuals. Lock in the longest lasting control for your soybean fields. A pre-emergence application of an authority brand herbicide plus a post-application of Anthem Max herbicide establishes the overlapping residual control key to safeguarding your soybean seasons. This pairing is a heavy-duty economical strategy against Palmer Amaranth, Waterhemp, Kosha, and more. Visit your FMC retailer or lockin.ag.fmc.com today. Always read and follow all label directions. You have a lot at stake when it comes to raising corn. I'm Darren Hefty. That's why on Wednesday, January 17th, we're holding a free Ag PhD corn agronomy workshop at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. We'll help you navigate all the challenges of corn production, including how to manage exploding pest populations, resistant diseases, fertility challenges, and more. It's a day packed with information. So if you want to get the most out of your corn this season, don't miss the free Ag PhD corn agronomy workshop. Register now at agphd.com. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutricia and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. 
Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at HeadsUpST.com. How can Naturals products help you raise bigger and better crops? Hi, I'm Darren Hefty. Biologicals, or naturals as we call them, are impacting every facet of agriculture today, and that will only grow in the future. That's why we're devoting a full day to our Ag PhD Naturals workshop, Wednesday, February 7th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. Our research team has spent years testing hundreds of naturals products, and we want to share with you what we've learned. For more about this free event, go to agphd.com. Good morning and hallelujah! Watch it. My spray and pray days are over! What's with Randy? Oh, he's just amped. <laughs> we feel heaven Amped? Yeah, he ordered that new Battalion Amp herbicide from UPL. They're calling it the new gold standard. This is the greatest day in herbicidal history! So, how can I... Get amped? Just go to battalionamp.com. It's gonna be a good year! Always read and follow label directions. Come on in. The Ag PhD mailbag is about to begin. I love our mailbag time because we have a lot of great questions that come in every day. Here's one from Connor. He says, I have a question about honey vine milkweed causing issues with harvesting corn. Since it emerges so late in the year, it's become an issue with trying to eradicate it. So we've previously flown on 2,4-D with fungicide in the early reproductive stages, and sometimes that burns it back, but it just hasn't resulted in adequate control. What else can I do? All right, so Connor, first of all, we have honeyvine milkweed and many other weeds in our Ag PhD field guide app. Unfortunately, with honeyvine milkweed, yeah, there aren't a lot of things that are very good. Roundup is by far and away the best. Post-emerge, we really like status. That's as good as it's going to get for any kind of burn down activity. But here's the whole thing. When we're dealing with tough perennial weeds, we like, and, and I, I go back to your word here, eradicate. We like eradication. We want it gone for good. So we've dealt with this same thing with regular milkweed, common milkweed. We've dealt with it with hemp dogbane and many other things that are fairly similar. And then some of these vine species and stuff like that. So the big thing that we're going to talk about is before emergence in the spring and after harvest in the fall, if it's out there, that's when we want to hit it and we want to hit it hard. When you've got a perennial weed and all you do is have Let's call it a normal in-crop kind of rate, like with Roundup or 2,4-D or anything like that. You're, you're not going to completely kill that root system. Roundup's the only thing, really, that can get all the way down into that extensive root system and completely wipe it out. So that means high rates, higher than you're going to be able to use in-crop, and we don't want to do tillage first. We want to leave that, that um, root system intact that way, we hopefully are going to get every piece of root controlled with any perennial weed. So that's about the best thing we can do. 
Anyway, my suggestion here is you may have to be spraying. So I don't, I'll put it this way. I don't like those late applications of 2,4-D. The brown silk kind of applications. Can it be done? Yes. I just don't like it. The 2,4-D is drifting all over the country and it's, I don't think it's, any good on that corn either. So ideally, here's what I'm I'm probably going to suggest to you. Other than spraying before uh, emergence and then after harvest with a big time rate of Roundup, it would be wait a little bit longer and then hit it with, a, with as high a labeled rate of Roundup as you can, or the highest labeled rate of Roundup is what I'm trying to say. So in other words, rather than spraying the corn at, call it V3 or V4 or something like that, you want to let the corn get a little bigger so everything is wiped out. And then here's the other big thing. Increasing planting populations, planting taller corn, going to narrower rows, having more early season fertility, anything you can to make that crop taller and more lush is going to give you a better chance to choke out the honey vine milkweed. So anyway, those are our suggestions. Yeah, I wish I had some better magic formula for you, but that's um, that, that that's kind of what you have to do, and you're just going to have to keep battling this thing until you get it wiped out. All right, the next one is from Stephen in Ohio, and he's got a tough question about yield loss here, and I think I may have the answer for him. Uh, here, here, Here's his email. He says, all right, my harvest is complete. I'm working on 2024 burndown plans and herbicide programs for corn and soybeans. We no-till corn and beans. The corn's in 30-inch rows. Soybeans are in 10-inch rows. And I plant fairly thick, 30 to 36,000 on corn, 165 to 200,000 on soybeans. For the last few years in soybeans, we've been using Canopy, Metribuzin, Roundup, 2,4-D. So... He's using 22 ounces of LV6 as a burn down. Again, this is in front of Enlist soybeans, so that's okay. I mean, I wouldn't like it in front of conventional soybeans. That would be bad. But in front, in front of Enlist soybeans, fine. He's got 22 ounces of Power Max, or um, so in other words, a pretty concentrated roundup. Metribuzin. Well, there's metribuzin in the canopy, and then he's adding more metribuzin to it. He's not getting too carried away on rates, I don't think. So I think he's getting up to roughly about a third of a pound between the two things. But then here's our concern with canopy. There's a lot of classic in there. Here's my next concern. He says his soil pH ranges from 6.5 to 7.5. Anything that's over 7, Stephen, I'm getting concerned. And if it's over 7.4, I'll promise you it's carrying over and hurting your corn. Skip the canopy is my number one recommendation. So I, I'm great with metribuzin. Instead, though, for your pre and soybeans, get Valor Authority out there. And ideally, I'd love to see Prowl as well, but at least get Valor Authority out there and cut the canopy. And oh, and with the metribuzin, you have to bump that rate just a little bit because you had some metribuzin you were also getting in the canopy. All right, here's the next thing. He says, um, his, again, his soybeans are E3, okay, in list. He says, I think we have seen stunting with this combination that we've used in soybeans with yield loss. Normally, the soybeans are planted starting the last week of April at an inch deep, okay? I have no issue with the one inch. I have no issue with planting the last part of April. Here's my concern. He says, He's, he, he thinks this combination is stunting his soybeans. I don't think it is. You know what I think the problem is? 
what he's using in corn. Here's what he's using in corn. Dual, atrazine, and six ounces of mesotrion. That's a double rate. There's carryover that's coming from the HPPD. The atrazine that he's using, um, with his combination that he's got here, and I haven't run the math fully, but it looks like, just thinking of it off the top of my head, a pound and three quarters of atrazine. Even if it was a pound and a half, it's too much. Stephen, your problem isn't your soybean program in herbicide. It's the corn program. You got twice as much meso as I would ever recommend, and you've got almost twice as much atrazine as I would ever recommend going into soybeans. So cut the atrazine way back, cut the meso in half, and then you should be in pretty good shape. Now, here's the reason why he's doing this. He's, it appears to me, this is just my guess because I don't have any more information than this, it looks to me like he's trying to get by with one pass. It's interesting because just this morning I was talking to a group of agronomists about this one pass thing versus two pass. And I said, yeah, we get a lot of areas like Ohio where we run into people that are trying to do this, where they're putting on big time rates. And I, I'm just not comfortable with it because number one, we still don't get all the weeds under control. And number two, now we have a carryover issue. There's too much atrazine to get rid of in one year and too much meso to get rid of in one year. Plus, let's go back to what he said about soil pH. Soil pH range is six and a half to seven and a half. Well, when you're clear up to seven and a half, all of a sudden, that 1.75 pounds of atrazine starts to look and feel like three pounds. In other words, atrazine is more active in high pH soils. That's the problem, in my opinion, my guess, as to what's going on in your fields. Oh yeah, your soybeans are getting hammered. So if it's me and I had planted or I had used this in my corn, I will be honest with you and upfront with you, had I done this, had my guys on my farm applied that corn herbicide program you just talked about, I'd raise nothing but corn the following year. That's what I'd do. And I might consider planting beans on beans as well. Corn on corn, beans on beans, because I'm worried about carryover in both of your situations. And I know this is not what you are wanting to hear. <laughs> this is maybe not what you expected to hear, but this is what's happening. And I would tell you, hey, plant some LLGT27 soybeans after you had all that heavy dose of HPPD in your corn. Well, that would solve the meso problem, but it would not solve the atrazine problem. So you got two things that are carrying over into your soybeans, and I don't see any way around it. I really don't. I'm I'm just being upfront with you. If it was me and I... I I, I will guarantee you I would not plant soybeans into that. I would plant corn into it this year. That's what I would do. All right. So every once in a while we get those, let's, let's call it challenging situations. And that's why I wanted to spend some time on that because very often we get told, hey, use this product. Hey, use this rate. But we got to look at, can our soil handle it? Can our crop rotation handle it? And that's probably the number one thing that my dad always talked to me about when I was a young agronomist. And obviously he'd farmed all his life and he'd been an agronomist for a while too. And he's like, look, make sure when you're making recommendations, you don't do something to hurt the guy's crop next year. That's just as important as killing those weeds this year. In fact, even more so. Right before we go, just want to say thanks to my sister Janelle. She was producing the show today. Thanks to everybody who called in or wrote in with questions. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again tomorrow.